I'm your host, David Frost. This is my strategic forecast where you get common sense market analysis. Today is Thursday, January 2, 2020. We are looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. What's going on? We've got new highs once again. That's what's going on. The market's headed to a destination. It's in an uptrend. We discussed the fact that into the end of the year and the beginning of the following year, it's very difficult and uncommon for the market to go down a lot. So this is maybe what's called the January effect. We have the Santa Claus rally, end of the year seasonality. You can call it whatever you want, pin any name you want on it. What we have to do is take the reality of what's going on, decipher the charts, and go on from there. Net, net. We're at new highs. Technically, once again, there's nothing wrong with the market. What happened to that 319.17? Wasn't the market supposed to get down there? And the answer is, from where I sit, yes it was. What does it mean when it doesn't go down to a price or up to a price that it's supposed to get to under normal garden variety market conditions? Well, you have to take the opposite approach. It means that the market was, and this is obviously in hindsight now, it's Monday morning quarterback stuff, but the market was extremely bullish. They couldn't even get down to test the former breakout or former breakdown area. They came only on the outskirts of the neighborhood. They reversed, turned around, went in the other direction. Here we are the first day of the new trading year and everybody remains bullish. Sentiment remains bullish. Technically, there's nothing wrong with the market. We will see a turn in January, but you have to let the market do what it's going to do. We don't know exactly how high the market can get to. We've discussed this many, many times. At new highs, there's no point in making a guess. If 10 analysts made a guess as to where the market might get to, somebody's going to be right. The problem is, how do you handicap all 10 What's their track record and what's the probabilities that you're going to pick the right horse? So all that being said, what I do is lay it on the line and say, we don't know exactly where the market's going to get to. The market will tell us by virtue of an intraday reversal, a daily chart reversal, a gap down, high volume, a combination of those things, and there's a whole lot more. And those are taught in the course at Lazy E-Mini Trader. You need to be able to identify signs and signal of a trend change in both directions. We see them not only on daily charts, but weekly charts, even monthly charts. We see them on hourly charts. We see them on 15-minute charts. How about 10-minute charts? How about 5-minute charts? We see them on all charts. Why? Because all charts act and react the same way. A chart is a fractal of another chart, which is why... All charts act and react the same way. Markets go up, they go down. A smaller time frame may be the dominant chart that's quote-unquote in operation currently, yet from a larger picture perspective, that may just be a fractal or a snapshot in time and temporary. 
Has anything changed in the big picture? Are we still looking for a top? And the answer is, yeah, we're looking for a top and we're going to find a top. Where is it? The market will dictate where that is. Let's toss a short hop in there and swing over to inside the numbers. Why? Well, there's a method to the madness. You'll know it when you see it. What I want to do first is give you a snapshot of the commentary, including the pre-market morning notes and then the commentary throughout the day. There was nothing on the board this morning in terms of stocks on the move. It was the first trading day of the year, and there was no big movers early in the day in the pre-market session. You can see that we begin discussing Trick and Company. We begin discussing the old highs. We begin discussing in concept what's going on. You scroll down, you see the rest of the morning notes. You can pause the video, read them at your leisure. I'm not going to read it to you. What I'm going to do is scroll up and continue going on so that you can see what happened throughout the day. I want you to take particular notice to a couple of numbers. One number is ES, which is the S&P E-mini futures contract, ES 3236. And then we're also going to take notice of a specific SPY number. We'll go over that when we get back to the charts. Scrolling up a little farther, you see exactly what's going on. And there's your SPY number, 323.10. But we're going to look more detail into why that's important, where it exists on the chart, and what happened, because this is a great example and another teachable moment, which... Some are larger than others, some are certainly more important than others, but here's the deal. They all stack up. All the teachable moments stack up, and they do what? Yeah, they compound one another. We talked about that the other day. If you compound earnings or profit in your account, your account grows. If you compound your knowledge, your knowledge grows exponentially, and guess what happens as a result of that? Your account grows, exactly. Continuing on, scrolling up farther, what you'll also see is as the trading day goes on, it begins to become obvious to an extent what's happening. You take everything that was discussed in the morning into an account, you take the light volume into account, you take some of the important numbers into account. Speaking of important numbers, we can scroll down real quick and take a gander at the important numbers that were posted on the board, and this is all posted pre-market. This is posted long before the market even opens for business. 32.36, just about north of the middle of the page. Now, let's get down to some brass tacks. Here's a five-minute chart of the ES contract. We're in the March contract. You go back to the notes I just showed you, and you'll note that about 10.15, 10.16 in the morning, we're talking about 32.36. That's before price got there. The numbers on the board, pre-market, we're talking about it before price gets there. You can see what happened was 32.36 defended by the bulls today, and the answer is, yes, it was. That number was important. Could you have known that by taking the lazy e-mini trader course and applying the knowledge from that course to what was happening in the futures contract? The answer is, yes, you could have. The answer is, it's nothing different than we discuss every single day. I'm the tour guide. I'm translating what we discuss, what I'm teaching, what you're learning into real-time, actionable stuff inside the numbers. How about the SPY? 323.12, 
Remember that number that was also discussed in the commentary. Why was that important? Was it important? The second answer is yes. The first answer is let's go see. We talked about this one inside the numbers during the trading day. You've already learned this many, many times if you've watched these videos for any period of time. Here's an hourly chart. Here's the high of the breakdown candle, 323.12. We discuss this all the time as well. When price either has a difficult time or maybe just doesn't want to deal with a specific area, what would normally be overhead resistance in this case, it could be support in the other direction, but in this case it was overhead resistance, it can gap above that price, which is essentially what happened today. Where did the market open today? It opened at 323.55. Then it traded lower slightly. That's where Trick and Company shows up, tricks the Johnny-come-latelys who jumped on the bandwagon right out of the gate. Once they're mainly shaken out, the uptrend can resume. Now, here's another thing, and nothing was clear-cut in which way the market was going to go, we definitely had specific numbers in mind that would certainly bring the market north or drop the market south, and those were cited during the commentary throughout the trading day. But here's the other thing. You could have looked at the market in two ways today, and that's being an objective umpire. The market gapped up, it traded lower, and then began going sideways. What happens if you look at it from a different chart? Moving over to a 15-minute chart, you can see where from the gap up and then the trading lower, during the trading day, you could certainly make a case this was a bearish pattern that would generally or normally want to continue in the southern direction and do what? Fill this gap, go into the moving averages. That would have been a lay down if the market was going down. However, that's not what happened, but there was another way to look at it. There's always two sides to the tape. You have to know both sides. You have to know which side is actually taking place in real time. So what was the other side? The other side was the hourly close above the breakdown candle. 323, 10, 323.12. I think I said each number. It doesn't matter. You get the point. But what happened? We got the hourly close above. And then what happened? The market took off because why? Because buyers showed up. Whether it's a computerized buy program, whether it's real buyers, it doesn't matter. Stock, the market, was being bought. Was it being bought because price closed above the breakdown candle high? We don't need to know that. What we need to know is when price closes up there using the 80-20 rule under normal garden variety market conditions, 80% of the time you're going to get a continuation move to the upside. Why? Because you had a breakdown candle and under normal garden variety market conditions, that means price is going to go lower. You break down, you consolidate for a while, and you have a resuming move. Well, guess what? That same energy is being what? It's being released in the other direction. We talk about this all the time. Nothing ever changes. The same stuff happens over and over and over again. Our job is to be able to identify it. By the way, I understand that many people would like to pin the rally today on the news that came out overnight about China financial engineering within their system. That's fine. It happens all over the world. It happens in Europe. 
It happens in Japan, it certainly happens here, and it happens in China, and it happens elsewhere. My take, and you know it's a dangerous place to be, but inside my head, says that's the excuse, not the reason. If the market was down today, the same activity that China did would tell traders, would tell investors, would tell the media pundits a different story. It would say the market's down because there's fear that China has to goose their market because their economy is slowing. So they would take that out of the file cabinet instead of the markets up on the China news. Either way, it doesn't make any difference. We know that price is the absolute arbiter. I just like to play games with the news. What's going on over in Camp IWM? When you look at the daily chart, is there anything technically wrong with the chart? Of course not. We tested the 20 period moving average, had a pretty decent bounce off that moving average all in one shot, and here we are, again, in the same place we were, plus 21 cents, from last year's close, which is also Tuesday. So, net-net, while there was a lot of intraday activity, no change. Can we get any information from other charts? About the hourly chart. Well, there's a pretty big breakdown candle, so we know what the routine is here. Is price going to be able to get above that breakdown candle high, 166.75, or not? Remember the area that we discussed being resistance for the IWM. It was in and around 166.50, give or take. So what happened? In and around that number, the IWM found resistance. The question is, is it long-lasting resistance or was it temporary resistance? Time will tell, but that's the way I see it from where I sit on the IWM, which is my favorite market leading indicator. Now, as a leading indicator, you have to take notice of the fact that the IWM was leading things in a big way to the downside early in the day. Big way is relative, but everything is relative. And then all of a sudden, we had a turnaround, and while finishing flat, you have to take that as somewhat of a positive and able for the IWM to claw back all day long to finish in the green. It still has relative weakness against the other markets. We're not going to lose sight of that. It's a puzzle piece. It's on the table. There's two IWM puzzle pieces on the table. Really, there's three. A number one is the relative weakness. A flat day for the IWM and the S&P 500 was up over eight-tenths of a percent. That's relative weakness. The second one is the breakdown candle high. It just so happens to be in the area of that 166.75, 166.50. The breakdown candle high is at 75. I'm at 50. What's 25 cents between friends? And from a daily chart perspective, while we're above all the moving averages, they have to prove the fact that they can remain above and continue trading above 166.50, give or take. That turns out to be an important area, but here we are again beating on it. The transports, my second favorite market leading indicator, number one canary in the coal mine. What's going on here? They continue to try and grind higher. Again, above all the moving averages, they're continuing to grind higher. Can they get above these recent highs here? Well, the high happens to be 11,002 and change. Today's high... 10,994 and change. They're knocking on the door. Even if they get above 11,000, there's a whole nother room full of overhead resistance waiting just above. Nevertheless, they're grinding higher. 
the trend is higher on the daily chart. It is what it is. What's really the most important number up north for the transports? It's based on a weekly number as far as I'm concerned, which would mean a Friday close. What's that number? 11,250. It's actually a couple of points on either side of that, but we'll round it up or round it down and say 11,250. Why is that? If you've taken the course, Lazy E-Mini Trader, you can identify precisely why that number is important. If you haven't, you should. That's pretty blunt. Welcome to 2020. There's a lot of change coming in 2020. What have we got out in Silicon Valley with the Qs? Nothing. New highs, same routine. There's nothing to do except if you're long, stay long. If you own these stocks, you hold these stocks until they shake you out. Can you buy it up here? I can't. No chance, no way, no how. To me, that's like chasing a bus right before it stops short. What's the story with the XLF? Well, here we are above an important number. How important is $30.98 right now? It's important based on monthly closes. But look what this chart is doing. It's in an uptrend. We just had a breakup candle and we just went back and forth, never even testing close to the bottom of the breakup candle. Using the 80-20 rule, if it walks like a duck and talks like a duck, it's a freaking duck. About good old Smash Mouth, the SMH. This is a proxy for the Philadelphia Semiconductor Index. It's also a pretty good proxy for the entire tech space. What do you have here? You have a bullish chart that's in an uptrend that gapped higher and is again breaking out. Again, another duck. It is what it is. How about gold? Here's another duck. Also, by the way, this may be a pre-duck. Something is pushing gold higher. Usually, gold sneaks up on you for a reason to be determined later. Where's the near-term major area of resistance? 1545 to 1550. It's not going to just waltz right through that area. But the daily chart isn't an uptrend, and we just had this conversation. So here's a breakdown candle high, and what happened? You closed above the breakdown candle high, and what's going on now? You're breaking out to the upside. Now, we discussed it before on the SPY hourly chart. Now you're seeing it on a gold daily chart. Why do I bring this up and why do I show it that way? Because all charts act and react the same way. I don't care if it's a chart of diapers. The name behind the candlesticks makes no difference. That's why the story behind the move never matters to me. I can tell you right now by looking at this chart that over the next, let's just say, several weeks to month or so, you're going to hear something that makes people believe they have to own gold for the quote-unquote safety trade. Put that on a sticky note, save it for later. And with that, folks, I'm going to give it a wrap on the first trading day of the year. Before I do that, I will thank each and every one of you and tell you how much I appreciate each and every one of you Without you, these videos are not possible. I'm David Frost, my strategic forecast. Thanks for tuning in for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. My strategic forecast is hosted by David Frost. 
subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite podcast app, and please visit MyStrategicForecast.com for more information. My Strategic Forecast is common sense market analysis. Thank you.